You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is John Townley. I'm your host today and we are joined by a very special guest, Guillaume Balaguer, Spanish expert. Guillaume, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm all right, John. How are you? Please tell me you're excited. I'm very excited and that's why we've got you on to talk about Unai Emery and Villa. Can I know why you're excited? Okay, so yeah, well... In terms of Villa, I think there was a few candidates on the table. Unai Emery stood out for me, particularly because of his CV, because of where the club want to go, because we want to be in playing in European football. And he is, well, for Europa League titles, everything, everywhere he's gone, he's had success. Obviously, he had that at Arsenal in the Premier League, but that was a really tricky job, wasn't it? So it's hard to um, pick a fault in the appointment, considering where Villa are at the moment in the Premier League and the start of the season that they have had. The, the former cross 2022, it's a very, very difficult job for Unai Emery, but certainly an appointment that I think every Villa fan has got behind. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with um, with the fact that uh, you, you, you got one of the top managers in Europe. There's no other way to put it. Tell me how many managers have actually managed to have uh, 14 consecutive years in Europe. 14. Mm. Not two or three or none in the middle, but 14. So you are you are talking about uh, somebody that maximizes the potential of the side that uh, that he's got. Uh, sometimes um, he's he's in clubs where he cannot stretch more than he has. So, for instance, a good uh, semi-finals of the Champions League with Villarreal uh, were followed by um, by not being able to get into the Europa League, but still managed to get in Conference League of of, of Villarreal. So the squad doesn't allow him more, but um, the titles are there. The work is there. That's the most important thing, that he actually does every single day, pushes everyone to be the best they can be. And that means the assistants, that means the directors, the players. Uh, you know, there is, there is, um, there is, you, you look at him work, you see him work, and what you see is elite. And that's exactly what Villa needs right now. Somebody that takes, takes them to the next level. This is a... A, a club that by pot- potential and history should be mid-table up and to do that it's not just about signing I know fans will start thinking about who's going to sign or whatever else it's about creating a process an identity and putting a lot of work behind the scenes so the potential of the players and the club can be can be realised um, it's a matter of time but uh, you, you brought yes an elite manager somebody that uh, in my eyes one of the best in the world how did the deal come about as we mentioned earlier very quickly it happened after Villa beat Brentford I think uh, Perslow flew out to Spain George Mendes being involved how 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 quickly was the deal struck obviously from the moment that uh, Steven Gerrard went and before that I think the approaches have started with different candidates 
Um, I reckon at least a week ago, at least uh, that I know of, there were that was when Georgia Mendes spoke to uh, Unai and said, "Look, Villa is available. Uh, I'll tell you about the club a little bit." Blah blah blah. So Unai said, "Yeah, obviously it's something he left the door open. That's why he's working with Georgia Mendes." And he said no to Newcastle because the timing wasn't right. Villarreal asked him to stay put. He um, he was enjoying being with his son, uh, having been all over the place. He hadn't been able to be with him, close to him. So he enjoyed that. Um, and it was a different timing. Now it was his son telling him, look, go. <laughs> you have to enjoy this. I'll come and see you. I'll come and visit you. And as I say, George Mendes uh, suggested this possibility. And, and Unai said, Look, I will think about it, but not a lot because there are three games this week. Uh, that was that was last week, and um, and after Sunday's game, then we go full force. Be prepared for it, but because he did fancy the idea, and he started making calls, even though he he kind of flirted with some people that he's going to have in his coaching staff. It was on Sunday when he rang them to say, "Do you want to come to?" Uh, to Aston Villa, and uh, and I think in most cases it was an immediate yes. So he's got his coaching staff ready, and now they have to work on the work permits, and they don't know uh, if they're going to be able to do a lot before the Manchester United game. Yeah. Uh, and everybody's already looking for for flats and so on, and uh, and and houses, flats, houses <laughs> to be in, and uh, and yes. Um, I, it's it's a kind of process that takes place at this time. And how big is uh, Unai's coaching team, his backroom team? How many how many do you expect to be joining at Villa? I haven't asked, so I don't know how, my, how many they've, they've been allowed. I don't know. Um, I imagine he doesn't. He don't, he wouldn't come with one or two. I imagine it would be three, four, five. But it's pure guessing. I know I know who the assistant coach is going to be, but I cannot tell you. And it's also very exciting. Um, let's say that is an European Cup winner. And uh, and that is another another one who has lived in the elite, and uh, and Unai thought thought that he was going to be somebody that will help him because also understands not only understands Unai and knows Unai very well, but understands the Premier League. So um, more on that soon. Yeah, and what about Unai as the character, the person? Before we sort of talk about tactics and and get involved in that, who's the man behind all the badges and the trophies? What is he like as a as, as a person? We've only seen a glimpse of it in England, only a couple of years. So, what is who is the person behind all the success he's had? Unai is a is a very intense man uh, who has you know football goes through his veins. Uh, he's um, he's very knowledgeable. Uh, and that's partly down to the fact that he wasn't a top, top player. He was uh, a decent professional, but uh, but wasn't top. And as soon as he, uh, he got an injury, but before even that, uh, he started looking at the possibility of, of organizing and and preparing sessions and that kind of thing. And then when he get, was given the opportunity at Lorca, I think he was when he was a player, um, basically took it with, with both hands because he thought this is, a, this is a chance to remain in football. And then once he's been there, he's never felt completely content. So has studied, has talked about football a lot, has uh, thought about it. Uh, there's a couple of books that he's um, collaborated with and, and tells you a little bit about his methodology. Uh, he's, he's somebody that, that is thirst for knowledge. And the most important thing, or one of the most important things, is that he finds himself having been spending a lot of time, obviously, in, in Villarreal, long hours, um, because it's that kind of club that 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 needs somebody like him to direct operations at all levels. 
Um, he still feels, in fact, he does feel revitalized by the possibility of um, of coming to Aston Villa. Physically, he feels great, mentally sharp. I'm really looking forward to coming to England. Uh, I spoke to him, spoke to him on Sunday. What are we today? Monday. Uh, yesterday. Wow. Things move very quickly, um, and uh, yes, he, he, you can you can say and you can hear in his voice the spark, and and he kind of fulfills a, a gap and the need to um, to to you know to finish an unfinished business. Uh, I think he he uh, probably feels a little bit hurt by what happened at Arsenal because a lot of the things that were done after he left were the things that he wanted done while he was there. So, in a way. It's lucky that he he didn't you know won the Premier League with uh, with Arsenal or something like that because maybe he wouldn't need he wouldn't have the need to come back. But certainly, what he sees is um, and that tells you also about his mentality is that the Premier League is the place to be for managers. I don't think, and I was talking to him uh, about that yesterday. I don't think there's ever been a league with so much quality of managers uh, like there is this year and last year the last couple of years in the Premier League. Never ever has been such a caliber of um, quality managers. Uh, quite clearly, the Super League has arrived and is in England. You mentioned all the top managers in the Premier League. That's the place to be. For Unai Emery, he's coming back to that league, as you're saying, he's got a point to prove. But to deal with a club like Villa as well, that that sense of a project, that sort of will to to, to take a club from here to there, it, it, that, that seems to me anyway from the outside that that's his stimulation, his motivation, rather than going into a club and hitting targets that have been hit, hit every year. It's a real project at Villa and that must be something that he's you know, really interested by, obviously with Sevilla as well, Villarreal, he's... That you know that they must really um, sort of get to him. John, every single club in the Premier League have got a project in their hands, and have got an intention to become better. Um, in some cases, as you say, is to continue the success. In others, is to go from from here to here, and uh, and that's the case of Aston Villa. is a big jump from where you are now to become a consistent, you know, European place performer. And that is nothing to do with signings, not just with signings. Obviously, what you hear. Managers saying football is belongs to the players. It's down to the players. It's down to the players. They don't mean it. They absolutely not don't mean it. It's down to the quality of the players, of course. But it has to do as well with the work that you put behind the scenes. And if you uh, if you can think, uh, there's there's no many managers that are, that dedicate so much detail, so much time to detail to improve players, to improve processes, to analyze what's been done. As uh, as Unai is, you know, you talk about an obsessive manager like Pep Guardiola, and in Unai you've got exactly the same the same obsession. Arteta is exactly the same, and uh, and that brings success. Is there's no other way? If uh, also he knows the way, whatever as you said, whatever he's been, he's improved his sides, he's won things, he's been in Europe regularly, so he knows what takes you to get there. What's important is that everybody else follows, that the club follows, that the board follows, that uh, that they let him, give him enough uh, authority to take those decisions, something that was missing at Arsenal as well. So I can only see one way forward for Aston Villa, which is up. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
And what about tactics? Villa at the weekend used a 4-2-3-1. I know that's something that Unai has been using regularly throughout his management career and we, and they won 4-0 against Brentford. Um, what about tactics? Systems, as, as you mentioned, is, is meticulous in his planning and his uh, preparations for games. Is that something that Villa players will take to straight away or do you think it will take a bit of time? If you find me a team that plays exactly like 4-2-3-1 or whatever system you want, for the 90 minutes, then you, we can talk on on that. But, but that's the most boring part of football. Formations depend on the moment, if you have the ball, if you don't have it, if you're actually winning, if you're not winning. One thing that is going to allow um, Aston Villa to be flexible tactically. So this idea that he's going to come and, and set up 4-2-3-1 and then, right, go guys, is, is just nobody does that anymore. So um, he needs everybody to understand the roles uh, and, and obligations when they have the ball and when they haven't, the distances to the players. The, he obviously will have to um, study closely the, uh, the squad. That's something he's going to find out. Uh, he's been watching a bit of videos, but he had to prepare three games this week and that takes a lot of time. So now he's going to, obviously the, the, the international break is going gonna, is gonna to help. Um, to uh, to find out exactly what what the, the squad is made of, um, what I see is a squad that lacks a little bit of identity, what they really want to be, how they can exploit the um, the potential. There was an uh, there was an uh, emotional marriage with uh, with Steven Gerrard, and and I think that didn't help either. So um, you you hope that the way that he's come into the scene, the way that how he's everybody's welcoming him, for what I'm reading, for what I'm sensing, for what I'm talking to people like you, is that. Um, He's going to be not only be given the time, but he's uh, creating huge expectations. He's got no problem with that. Uh, but you all have to make an effort to understand the process and to understand what's going to be behind the decisions. And and uh, and I think we're all managers, we're all coaches, we all know better than the one in charge. But if he takes decisions that are based with the knowledge that he's going to gather in the next few weeks, and you don't agree, I think the first reaction should be, why is he doing that? Try to find out. Get somebody to ask in the press conference. He's happy to talk and uh, he has maintained his level of English. He will have to continue improving it because, like myself, I've been in England for, well, between England and Spain for 30 years and my English has to continue to improve. The same with him, but he hasn't abandoned it and uh, and communication is key, especially when uh, he'll have to explain those things that may surprise fans when he takes those decisions that are not the usual and or the ones that are not what the fans would think it would happen. So, he will explain all that. He's happy to uh, communicate with the fans via the media. Yeah, but the main thing is he communicates. Uh, he can communicate with his players. I believe he speaks four or five languages. That there's no sort of barrier between the squad and, and what he's trying to bring. You think it's more about information overload and the tactics that he's going to be giving them that will be that will prevent Villa moving up the table quickly because communication in terms of languages and how you know multicultural dressing room is these days that's not a problem for Unai Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, he won't have a problem with, to communicate in French or English or Spanish or if anybody speaks Basque, he, he can also talk with Basque. Uh, but um, and you're right, it's important that the communication with the players is, is fluid. That will happen, no problem. But I think something has happened. Um, the, the People say that uh, if you get the sack, you get a, become straight away a better manager uh, if you are able to analyse what has happened. I think he went through a period of hurt and then through a period of analysis and then through a period of uh, applying what he, he learned from, from, from the last experience. And he's a more solid and a better manager. Uh, these are not my words, are his own words. So with that, um, 
you will expect that he will add the the right amount of information at the right time in the right pace that he pulled an overload. I think he's he did that when he was younger and he's he's been managing that much better. And uh, and especially when when you have to himself talk in a different language that's not his. And the players have to listen to somebody that doesn't dominate the language as, as much as a na- native. Those things have to be uh, taken in consideration. But as I'm saying, the uh, I know his assist- assistant coach is going to be high quality as well, knows the football in England. And between both of them and whoever else comes in, will be able to um, to add to the players the layers that are needed for the kind of football that he wants to practice. We know that Villa are going to back him in the market. We've mentioned transfers, but we know it's not all about that. You know, Una is going to work with what he has. He's going to develop players as he has done. He's almost worked on not shoestring budgets previously, but he hasn't been given too much funds apart from Arsenal. I expect Villa to be giving him the players that he wants. And if he identifies identifies those players, Villa will probably get them. What can we expect? Can we expect him to be going back into Villarreal, back into La Liga? Where is there an Unai Emery player? Is there a perfect player for him? Is it in characteristics or do they need to be you know, good with the ball? Is there anything in particular that stands out to you in terms of what he's bought previously that Villa might be looking towards in January? He's in awe of the physical player that can play. Uh, but who isn't? I mean, I think that's the kind of player that everybody in the Premier League is looking for, and uh, and he will, yeah, he will aim for. He'll have to see what what gaps are in the uh, in the market, and but especially in in the squad. Um, and also, because uh, I don't know yet uh, his role. I know I know he comes as a manager, but will he have uh, somebody like a technical secretary next to him, or director of football, or whatever is the um, the the work that he has to do? I hope that they don't ask him to just find not only what's needed, but the player that's needed. Because he may recommend, as they always do now, managers, uh, two or three out of the ten players they may need, two or three names that he really wants. But it's not his job to actually find the player. It's the job of the club to actually give him a list. And then from there, and uh, through agreeing with everybody at the club and with finances involved, then you get the, the right player. That's how it goes. But but yes, what he will see very quickly, and he's got the eye for it, is, is what's needed. And, uh, and then from what's needed, then then the club will have to go and, and get somebody. Final question, Gem. Villa's ambitions, we know that's to break into the top seven, the top six, and it's very challenging, very competitive in the Premier League. But Unai himself has been in European competitions, was a semi-finalist in the Champions, La- Champions League last year. Europa League, he's won four times. It's not his remit to come into the club and finish mid-table and sort of take a wage packet. He wants a Villa where Villa would like to be themselves. You know, the owners are fiercely ambitious. Is that Unai's you know, ambitions to be taking the club forward? And if and if so, that's not going to take only one or two years, is it? That's going to take a period of time. And that's why he's like, he signed a long contract, because the idea is, is basically that, that uh, he's not coming in uh, and using Aston Villa as a platform for something else. He's taking Aston Villa, who he's... He, Keeps mentioning the word "massive," which, I'm, which a mass, is a massive club, and and it is, to actually where it belongs, and to do that, it requires time, it requires backing. Uh, everybody has got money in the Premier League, uh, so you have to be, the signings have to be right, the uh, the profile of the play has to be right, and the work will be put in. So I can only see an improvement, but then it gets to a point where to go from tenth to sixth. It's a massive jump. Already to get to 10th is a massive jump um, because everybody gets improving and everybody has got good managers and, and everybody knows the Premier League and etc. So the first stop is to actually become competitive 
in every game and uh, hopefully already making an impact in the league. And yes, absolutely. Uh, the plan is not to stay there, but to 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 push for the next thing. I, um, I'm convinced um, there are other managers coming in. Lopetegui will be in the Premier League very soon and will, will make things even harder. But they all come with the same idea. They don't come to just, well, right, I made it. I'm in the Premier League. It's uh, it's how far can we go? Uh, and and that will require, yes, all that combination of, of things. I was having a coffee yesterday with a manager. Well, I was breaking the news of, uh, of the arrival of... Um, of Unai, and I said, uh, Unai is coming. And he went like, oh my God, oh my God, another one. <laughs> another top manager, another top manager to make life difficult. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's what they want. It's it's what these people are made of. They want to be in the elite. And as I said, the Premier League right now, managerial-wise, is just, it's just a place to test yourself. Brilliant. I'm even more excited than what I was 20 minutes ago again. So thank you for joining us on the Claren Blue podcast. I hope all the viewers enjoyed our our chat with Guillermo, our special guest. If you did, please subscribe and leave a comment below. Up the villa. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.